I would say to parents, you know what? You can't take shortcuts here. You got to do the hard work of living what you want them to learn. Live what you want your children to learn. You ain't been there, and then you ain't, and you ain't just this or did that. It don't matter. Just love on them. Or love yourself. So you have to go back and love on them. It's okay. Whatever love on them. When you look back on your life, what's one thing you needed to hear your father say? And, um, that's my experience. And I can only go off of whatever I, I've experienced for almost a decade. Persistence. Persistence don't get you where you gotta go. An author once told me the only reason anyone gets upset is because an expectation has been met. And who is that author? That author is Ben Winter. And he is going to be our next guest on Fatherhood Fridays. Thank you. And welcome back to Fatherhood Friday Season 5 with your host with the most traveling coast to coast. This is Chalmer on the one, not the two, giving it to you through my devices. And today, um, we are going to be exploring fathers, dads, parents alike, expectations, and this idea of everyone having expectations. And so... Like I mentioned earlier, I uh, had an opportunity of a person reaching out to me to talk about his new uh, um, book, What to Expect with Having Expectations, which I find interesting and fascinating. Allow me to welcome uh, Ben Winters. How are you doing today, man? Good. Thanks for having me on your show. Not a problem. Not a problem. And um, glad, thank you for being a part of Fatherhood Fridays. And so... Um, before we get started, I was looking through your website and, and, you know, the information you sent me, and you're based out of Colorado? Correct. I'm in Denver, Colorado. Nice. You know, what's interesting is that's actually my hometown. Oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah, so small world. And so I'm, I'm here in Texas, but I was born and raised in Denver, uh, Colorado. And so uh, what part of Colorado do you live in? I'm right in uh, kind of the heart of Denver, near City Park, the Denver Zoo, the Denver Museum. So, I'm, oh, okay. I'm... So you're right there off of uh, Colorado Boulevard. Yes, exactly. Okay, so um, I was in Denver. I left in 2018, and so um, last I remember, you know, there's a golf course there, and from what I've been told, that they were getting rid of that a golf course to put high rises there. Is it is it still there or have they done some construction since I left? 
they actually completely revamped the golf course so it's still a golf course it's just better than it used to be there's no no high rises there i think that was kind of one of those uh, fears everybody had that hey you're taking away our golf course but no it's a it's a nice new golf course now so nice nice and so um yeah man i'm, I'm also familiar with denver i actually uh graduated from east high school Oh, very cool. Yeah, I went, I went to George Washington, so. Oh, okay. So we were probably rivals. <laughs> probably, yes. <laughs> I was I was in high school at the time of Chauncey Billups. So he was like one or two years older than me. Um, but a lot of people know the name Chauncey Billups, so they can at least associate the time frame there. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I am Chauncey Billups' younger brother, Rodney. That's my generation. So oh, okay. Few years uh, behind you. Very cool. Yeah, but enough about me. Today, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I just had to figure out some cool segue to go into your book. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> so enough about me. It's about you today, and we're talking about what to expect when having expectations. And this is a book that you uh, recently released, and so you know why write a book about expectations let's start there yeah so i have been doing improv for over a decade and during that time i'll, I'll i do teach improv and one of the things i kept coming across was the the quote that you kind of said at the beginning which is that the only reason anybody gets upset is because an expectation hasn't been met and so when we're when we're out there in the world and we get upset about something there's an expectation attached to that and I was like, okay, that's cool. I've, I've come up with a quote. I could be quoted, but it doesn't solve any problems. Right. And so then I started to sit down with it. I'm like, okay, so you're at this moment in time when you're upset. What, what can we do about it? What can I do about it? And so I, I sat down and I created this flow chart where it kind of takes that moment in time, uh, works through it. Uh, you know, from the first question of, did you even know you had this expectation? And I think most of the time we don't even realize we had the expectation until it's going um, unmet at the time. So um, once I finished the flowchart, it was like, okay, there's, there's a lot of depth in there because, you know, one of the questions is, have you shared that expectation? And a lot of times we don't share our expectations out of fear. And so every time I there was a, a answer of no to any of the questions in that flowchart. I was like, well, there's some depth there. So I needed to write a book to explore those depths and, and really kind of dive into the whole world of expectations, you know, where they come from, why we have them um, and, you know, what to do about it when we get upset. So that's, that's kind of the process that I went through to get to the point of writing this book. Interesting, interesting. And you said you used to do um, improv, so I'm assuming, you know, acting and, and maybe even comedy. Exactly. So if the show Whose Line Is It Anyway is the type of improv, um, some people associate the word improv with stand up comedy. I'm not a stand up comedian. I would love to be one, but I don't I don't write my <laughs> my own material. I just make it up on the spot. So um, and I, I do improv with a group of people. We have a, a group called the Rodents of Unusual Size. And, uh, you know, we just had a lot of, we have a lot of fun when we perform together. So it's just, it's a great fun thing to do. I mean, yeah, man. And so whose line is it anyway? I always used to watch that show, you know, when I was younger and, you know, 
you being in that realm, you coming up with a skit and and on the spot is what kind of stemmed you in creating this book. But as you were coming up with these skits and, and, and these dialogues and stuff, what was your expectation? Were you expecting people to laugh? Were you expecting people to not respond? Did you even have an expectation? It's interesting you ask that because before I took my first improv class, I, I kept coming up with the reasons why I couldn't do it. Like I'm not funny enough. I'm not smart enough. I can't think fast enough. You know, every reason why I can't do it. And the first time I went to an improv class, the guy at the front of the room, he's like, hey, there are simple rules to improv. You follow these rules of improv, you're going to be fine. And I was like, well, I can follow rules. Let's let's talk about these rules. And the one thing that I've learned over the, the last 10 years of doing improv is the easiest way to do improv is to not think at all. And a lot of people have that have a problem with that because that's what we do on a day to day basis. Always. We're always thinking. Um, but I ask people, I'm like, when you're hanging out with your friends, are you thinking or are you just having fun? Are you just conversing? Are you just enjoying the moment uh, with your friends and just responding to whatever they say instead of thinking about what you should be saying? And that's improv. You know, just hang out with your friends, having a good time. That's improv. And, you know, up on stage, I used to have those expectations of like, I want this show to be funny. I want everyone to laugh. And the more that I did it, I, was, I, I let go of those expectations. And I just said, I expect myself to follow the rules of improv and just to have fun. If people have, if people laugh, if people have a good time, awesome. If they don't, at least I did. I had fun. My group had fun. And that's what mattered the most to me at the end. Because when we were having fun as a group, it was just natural for everyone else to have fun. I mean, I'm already taking so much from what you just said because <laughs> you're you're basically equating that to expectations and saying sometimes expectation is just living in the moment without necessarily expecting a grandioso outcome would you agree sometimes it is it can be that simple and i i think sometimes we have these grandiose expectations of life and and what what we're supposed to be getting out of life and there are some people who are just constantly in this state of being upset because they're not living the life they expected to be living. And, you know, one of the things that I learned in improv very early on is you just have to accept what is at the moment. If you can start with just accepting what is, then you can move forward from there. Uh, the prime example I always talk about with improv is, you know, two people come out on stage, two guys come out on stage and one says, hey, mom, how are you? Well, the other actor, when doing improv, has to embrace the fact that they're now mom on stage. Uh, clearly, they don't look like a mom. They look like a guy. But if they embrace it and say, okay, that guy just said I'm mom. I now have to play the part of mom for this to be real to the audience and everybody involved. And once you accept that you're mom and the person just said, how are you? You can take it anywhere. You know, if the if that person says, okay, yeah, I'm mom and I'm pissed off at you because you just spilled paint in the garage. Well, now you have a scene. You have something to build off of. You have a place to go to entertain people with. Um, but if that person said, no, I'm not your mom, I'm your brother, you know, then nobody believes anything about what's going on because what is that? Is that first guy blind? Like, are they not able to see who's on stage with them? Um, 
or did the other person just derail the scene so in life it's no different you have to accept where you are now before you can do anything different moving forward if you don't like where your life is right now well you you got to take that step back and accept I don't like where my life is. I don't like what choices I've been making to get where I am today. Now I have to make different choices. But unless you're willing to accept, I am where I am. I've made the choices I've made. How can you do anything different? Agree. Agree. Man. <laughs> so what what has your journey been like in the past in dealing with unmet expectations? So you, you, you had this awareness or this epiphany if you will but what was it like before that i was a very angry person uh i i was very shy i didn't have the life that i was expecting to have and a lot of times it was it was like this isn't fair this isn't how life's supposed to be and i was exactly the opposite of what i was just talking about where i didn't accept what was going on and so i was always upset at everything because you know, I, I expected to get out of college and have a job waiting for me. Well, I graduated during a, a, a recession, basically. There were no jobs. Everybody was getting fired instead of hired. So there was nothing waiting for me after college. And so that pissed me off. I was upset at that. And, you know, as, as time went on, I just kind of kept finding these reasons to be upset with myself and, and the world around me. And it was through doing some personal growth work and then finding improv and doing improv that I really started to break out of this whole idea. And I started to just sort of embrace the world of improv in every moment of every day of my life, because that's what we do. That's all we do every day of our lives. We improvise. Nobody has a script. Nobody has any idea who they're going to come across that day or what conversations you're going to have. Um, you know, you knew I was coming onto this program, but what if I didn't show up or what, you know, you and I have no idea what we're going to be talking about, where this conversation is going to go. But if we if we simply exist in this moment in time, we'll be able to have this conversation. We'll be able to understand what he, what we're saying to each other. Because if, you know, like, like, let's say you're asking a question and I'm thinking about what I have to do after the show, I'm going to miss the question. I'm going to miss the nuance of the question and I'm not going to be able to respond. And it's going to be horrible for anybody listening. Um, but I, you know, in, in that personal growth and doing that improv, I really started to accept, Ben, you're not happy with where your life is. You got to do something different. And I think just allowing myself to be in that space is what really first brought me out of those moments in time where I was upset, where those expectations I had of life were, were starting to become more clear of, yeah, I have those expectations, but I'm not there. So what can I do to get there? And at the same time, are those expectations even reasonable? You know, I, th I think as we grow up, you know, we, for those of us that are fortunate enough to live in a house growing up, we expect to graduate college and end up in a house. But that's not the case. I mean, you graduate college, you got to save up money. You got to get to a point where you can buy a house or, or whatever it may be. But, you know, if you grow up in a house, that's what you expect to be living in when you grow up. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not always the case because especially with the way our market is just freaking nuts. Yeah. I mean, I know Colorado is crazy. The market is through the roof. I think yeah. that's why I'm in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I keep looking at, at like 
giant mansions in Oklahoma saying, could I live in Oklahoma? I don't know if I could live in Oklahoma, but I could afford it. <laughs> I right. could buy a really big house in Oklahoma, but that's just it. Nobody wants to live there. So <laughs> sorry for everyone in Oklahoma listening. Nobody wants to live there. <laughs> Shout out to the Oklahoma Thunder. <laughs> exactly. But, it, you know, and that's just how it is, is. You know, we grew up with these expectations because of how we grew up. And either we want the same things or we want something different. And, you know, if we don't get it immediately, because we're so used to instant gratification these days, Mm -hmm. you know, we start to get upset. We don't we don't give ourselves the time and energy that it takes to get to where we want to be. Man, I mean, man, you you speaking a lot of truth right now. And as you were speaking, I'm reminded of a a alcohol. passage i can't think of what they call it where it says help me to accept the things that i can control and accept the things i can't control and have the wisdom to know the difference between the two yeah i I don't know the exact saying but i i totally understand what you're talking about it's with uh alcoholics anonymous right right yeah yeah but it's and it's the one thing that I've noticed with anything that's personal growth related is they're all saying the exact same thing, just in a different way. Right. Um, you know, some people like Tony Robbins, some people can't stand the guy. Um, and you know, some people learn personal growth through a book. Other people need that interaction with, with somebody standing in front of a room, but everybody's saying the same thing. Nothing I'm saying here is any different than what's already been said out there. I'm just, relating it to something that's kind of more entertaining like improv and how improv on a day-to-day basis is something that we do and and the same rules that apply to being on stage apply to our everyday lives so you know alcoholics anonymous they're saying the same thing i am just in a different way that's it and and i mean it's all about how you receive it and how you receive it where you receive it and how it's formed to you and so you know this is a dad show you know fatherhood fridays you know um some dads even including myself you know i have no shame what what do you think one reason we set high expectations for our kids or ourselves? a lot of times we set those expectations because of how we were raised either we enjoy how we were raised and we want the same for our kids but I think in most cases, we want more for our children than we ever get. And so we set those expectations. Like I, on a day-to-day basis, sit there and watch my son grow. And I don't want him to be, to have the same experience I did in high school. Like I had a horrible time in high school. I was, really, I was, a, I had no self-confidence. I didn't enjoy high school. I think I had one or two friends. I basically, I went in the morning, I came home in in the afternoon. I wanted, I I literally wanted nothing to do with high school. And I, you know, when I hear these people out there who said they had the most fun in high school, high school was great. They learned so much. They had so many friends. I want that for my son. I don't want him to have the same experience as me. My parents didn't keep me in sports. I had a bad experience once when I was little and they never kind of said, well, let's try something different. Let's find something you're good at. And my son is absolutely loving sports right now. And I want him to keep loving sports. I want him to keep doing that because what that's creating for him is a level of self-confidence. Hopefully it's creating self-confidence for him so that when he gets to high school, he doesn't have the same experience. So I do have higher expectations for him 
and the things that I want for him because it's something I didn't have. Now, at the same time, knowing that, I don't want to like put that on him and have him fail or feel like he's failed. So it's kind of like I have to reel myself in and say, yeah, I want these things, but I can't push him to want them as well. I have to let him kind of figure out what he wants on his own. So hopefully he wants to keep going in sports. Hopefully he can be that guy in high school who's got the self-confidence. Hopefully he can, you know, I always looked up to those people in high school that could be both friendly to the jocks and friendly to the nerds. He could be that person that stopped the bullying before it even started. Um, I always liked that person because they were like, you know what, I'm confident in who I am and everybody deserves to have a good time, not just the people, you know, sitting on one extreme or the other. And I really, that's kind of what I want my son to become uh, because that's kind of who I've become as an adult. You know, I, I don't want to sit here and marginalize one person over another. I want everybody to have chances to grow and be a good person and to have a good environment and to have options. And so that's what I'm hoping to be teaching my child, whether he gets that or not. You know, I I probably have higher expectations of myself being a parent than I do of my child at this point. But I know there's a lot of dads who are like, I want my child to, you know, get good grades. I want my child it it just it all boils down to we want more for our children than we had ourselves and i think every single generation has that same thought and feeling yeah and you know i have a good friend of mine named anthony wilson and he always used to tell me like you know nudge your children but don't provoke them and so you know what's one reason you know or or how do we know that we're setting unrealistic expectations for our children. The only way to really measure that is to look at the response, the result. Um, you know, if, if we're pushing our children to get good grades and they're not, they're disconnect. You know, whether whether they're in a class where the teacher's not doing a good job of teaching or they're not good at asking questions because they don't understand. Um, or maybe they're not interested in that subject. Um, You know, I never enjoyed the English language. I never enjoyed English classes. So here I am as an author. Go figure that one out. Um, But ditto, right? So, but I enjoyed science. And right up until like the middle of high school, I was good at math. And then all of a sudden I had one teacher that just sort of ruined it for me because I couldn't keep up. I didn't understand what they were saying. And, you know, I've struggled with this over time. Was it that I didn't know the material? Was the teacher bad at what they were doing? I mean, I was doing math that my even my parents didn't understand at that point. And I, I just kept falling farther and farther behind. So then I started to question, was I really as good at math as I thought I was? Or, you know, what was the situation? And I think as parents, we, we, we blame our children for not getting the good grades, but sometimes it's the situation. You know, if, if we take a step back and say, okay, they're doing really good at, you know, math and science, but not in English, what's going on in English? You know, are they not grasping certain things? Is it just not their strong suit? Um, you know, is there a, a way to bring in tutoring for them for that? You know, and, and it's sometimes we just have to ask our kids questions that they don't want to answer. And, and it becomes a struggle because, I mean, my son's only 11 
but he doesn't want to answer any questions about school. <laughs> so I have to look a different way and say, okay, how can I tell how he's doing? Can I talk to his teachers and ask? Do I wait for the report card to come out? And then I can say, okay, well, you're excelling in these areas, but not these areas. Like, let's talk about it. Um, and I think rather than just, you know, punishing them, well, you're, you're doing bad at this subject. So go to your room until you figure it out. Well, they don't know how to figure it out. They're a kid. That's why they're in school. They're trying to figure it out. So as parents, if we can take a step back and say, what do they need from me? What do they need from school? You know, what can I do as the parent to help this situation not make it worse? Yeah, man. And uh, I would totally agree. And uh, so, you know, to kind of sum up that answer, because you said a lot again, <laughs> is, is that, uh, you know, one way to know you have unrealistic expectations is when you're not getting the results you had intended for. Yes, that that that's the quickest and easiest way to put it is you have to look at the results. The results are your truth about how you're communicating how you're coming across plain and simple gotcha gotcha what what's another one while we're on the subject to to know that you have unrealistic expectations mm -hmm. um when you when you're getting upset by that expectation going unmet you get to check in with yourself and say what is this expectation i have that's going unmet and after you know what that ex ex um, expectation is you can ask the question you know is it a reasonable expectation and sometimes we'll look back on where that expectation came from because um, if we didn't know we had it first we have to explore where it came from and maybe it came from our parents maybe it came from our parents in a time where there weren't certain factors you know some of our parents grew up without tv or with like they got to watch an hour of tv but they were outside playing all the time well, nowadays, there's so much technology to keep us in indoors that when we want our kids to go out and play and they don't know how, you know, maybe it's because we didn't do a good job of teaching them how to play outside. Or right. Which you which not to cut you off, you would think would come so natural because the generation before you, you just automatically knew what to do when you were outside because of limited technology versus now in 2021. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes it's just go sit in the backyard until you figure out something to do and let their creativity kind of take over and they'll figure it out. Um, and I think sometimes we just expect them to go outside and play the same games that we played, even though they've never heard of them. Um, you know, playing with a stick when I was a kid was like the most fun I ever had. A stick of all mm -hmm. things, right? That mm -hmm. stick could be so many things. Nowadays, you send them outside and they're like, what's this nature thing you've got me in? <laughs> I don't know what a stick is. Right. I don't know what to do with sand. I don't know like what kind of holes I can dig and forts I can make. And you know, and we we just expect our kids to know how to play outside without ever kind of teaching them. Um, so, so and, and I like what you said. You said teaching because that requires you know a lot of humility to stop, take a breath, and say, "Do they actually know this?" We just assume they know it because some things just, you know, became natural to us as a child. You know, me being, you know, from a similar generation like yourself, where your parents send you outside and naturally you just don't figure out what to do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the on the other side of it is 
you know, we're never really taught as kids about emotions, about what we're thinking, what we're feeling. Um, and we just expect our kids to understand why they're upset or why they're angry or why they're sad, but they don't understand why they're sad. They don't even understand the feeling of being sad. And sometimes we have to help them work through it. And, you know, we have to remember our kids come out as a clean slate. They don't know anything except love. That's what kids, that's the most inherent thing that kids come out with is love. And we have to teach them everything else. We have to teach them like, you know, not necessarily like what makes you happy, but to understand what happiness is. You know, if, if you're outside playing and you're having a great time, you're happy, you're exploring, you're, you know, you're, you're putting these words to these emotions that they don't even know that they're having so that later in life they can say, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm angry, and I know why I'm angry. But most of the time we just expect our kids when they're angry to understand why, but they, they don't, they're, they're new to this. They've never experienced it before. Mm-hmm. Now, as they get older... They've experienced it more often, so they should be a little bit more connected to it. But only if we took the time to actually teach them. And yeah, we we as fathers have to take that step back and say, yeah, these kids don't know. They're they're learning. That that's my job as the parent to help teach them. <laughs> right, and and I remember you saying because you know I've been you know listening to you casually on different uh, podcasts that you've been on. And I believe one lady asked you uh, saying, well, you know, should we not have an expectation for our children? And I remember you saying not having an expectation is still an expectation. Exactly. It's it's not possible to not have expectations. It, just to be very clear, if you're, if you're one of those people out there that says, I just choose not to have an expectation. Well, that is an expectation. You expect not to have expectations. It is impossible not to have expectations. Anytime ever that you find yourself upset, it's because there's an expectation there that's not working out the way you thought. And again, back to it, a lot of times we don't even know we had them because they're coming up from when we were kids and we haven't come across that situation in our adult life that triggers that expectation. Um, you know, until you have a kid, you have no idea how you're going to respond to a kid. Uh, you have the way you were raised by your parents, or maybe you were not raised by your parents, but you still were raised in some way. And so you have an expectation of how that looks as an adult. And so, yeah, you're going to have expectations. It's not possible not to. Man, man, I am definitely interested in, in this subject and, you know, if no one else, I'm going to purchase your book. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, you know, what is the first step to to real change? The first step is understanding that this exists, that there's a moment in time when you're upset that you can do something different. And, you know, in, in society today, we're always telling people, don't get upset, don't get angry, you know, be at peace. And I'm, I'm going to sit here and say, you know, it's okay to be upset. As long as you take that moment in time of being upset as an opportunity for growth. Uh, I think the problem that, that society really has is that when you're upset, to stay there and not do anything about it and to blame everybody else and, every, and all the situations around you. And, and rather than take that moment and say, what part do I play here? 
you know, what, what's the expectation I have and why do I have it? And, you know, have I, have I shared that expectation? Is it even reasonable for me to have that expectation? You know, I, I'm sitting here in this political climate saying like, why, why are people thinking the way that they're thinking? Like, this is ridiculous. We're, we're 21st century. It's, this is stupid for people to be this hateful towards other people. It's, it makes no sense in my head. But is it reasonable for me to have the expectation that everybody accepts everybody? It's not. It's not a reasonable expectation. It's a hope and a dream for for sure. But we're not there yet. And so then it it's accepting this is where we are in the in in the world that we're in. What can I do about it? And part of that is, you know, sharing this message. And you know, I've got another book that I'm writing that's going to kind of talk about those perspectives of people and, and why they have those perspectives and how we can work with people of a different perspective that we may not agree with. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to have that one done soon because <laughs> we all yeah. need it. We yeah. All... Because I believe that just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean that you disconnect with them. Would you believe the same thing? Yeah, it's absolutely. Because when we disconnect from somebody, then we can't work together. We can't come to an agreement. We can't come to an understanding. And that's where we have this division in the country. It's just, let's just fight it out as opposed to talk. And that's that's not working. It's just not. Yeah. I mean, oftentimes society has these these always these two different right and left extremes. But, you know, like I was saying on another podcast, is when we find middle ground, you know, which is a solid ground, which, you know, me as a Christian would be the Bible. When you find that middle ground, that's that's where you can find healing. That's where you can find communication. That's where you can find hope. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, and in doing a lot of research for these, for my book, you know, I, I come across a lot of stories of uh, people on completely different divides. Um, you know, for example, like, Daryl Davis, he's a um, great musician, but his his kind of fame is kind of talking to KKK members, befriending them and having those people say, you know what, it's not cool being part of the KKK. I was brainwashed into thinking black men are horrible, horrible people, but they're not. And, you know, he's gotten hundreds of people just because of communicating to to, you know, coming to common ground with them to understand each other as opposed to fighting them you know just fighting them isn't going to do anything it's just going to prove their point but befriending them showing them love and and compassion is what's what's really primarily gotten them out of the kkk and realizing that they they were living a, a life that didn't serve them and you know that's that's what we need in this world is for people to come together and say let's just talk let's figure this out why are we all hating on each other? Like, isn't there some different way to do this? Yeah. And I, and I would agree. And, you know, I, I like what you said is you said love. And you said that in the beginning of this episode, because love can, can conquer more than hate, you know, Absolutely. By loving and, and showing compassion can, can, can do more for a person or a group of people than hate absolutely it's it's really the only thing we have yep that's 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 what connects us and so 
man as we're wrapping up what what should people expect from this book in in eye-opening a a realization that there's something different out there uh that it's okay to be upset that you can do something about it if you choose um and you know i i definitely i i say that the only reason you get upset is because an expectation hasn't been met and i'm one of those people where if somebody can prove me wrong on that point bring it on bring it forward but first explore it really really explore it you know there's there we all have expectations you know we wake up in the morning we expect you know power to be on and when the power's not on first thing in the morning like hey that's not cool i wasn't expecting there to not be power but um you know it can get really really deep in that like you know we lost a loved one we're upset of course you did you expected that loved one to be around longer maybe you expected to share something with them before they left you know and you know it's still okay to be upset about it i'm not saying like stop being upset about somebody you've lost but you know i feel like just sharing and and getting this information out to people so that they can see there's something different they can do or a different way to look at the world you know that might cause somebody to have the best change they've ever had in their life and and if that happens then then i've done my part and you 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 just uh, put put the package and the wrapping on it and we gonna end right there <laughs> all right sounds like a plan <laughs> this has been another episode of fatherhood friday season five with your host with the most charmer signing off with ben winters and his book what to expect when having expectations if if you like what you heard today uh you can find his book uh, a number of different ways you want to speak on that uh ben uh, so I think the easiest way to get to, to find more information, just go to havingexpectations.com. Um, you can get the flow chart I talked about for free. You can read about me, see all kinds of stuff on there. All right. And another easy way, uh, if you're interested in the book, is just by simply going to Amazon and typing in what to expect when having expectations. Yep. Um, either way there you go and so uh you can do one of those two things uh also if you like what you have heard today feel free uh to support uh donate or follow and you can follow us on any podcast platform by just typing in fatherhood fridays if you would like to donate you can go to my website www.fatherhoodfridays.com uh, go to the menu screen, hit support, not once, not twice, but three times. It'll lead you to the Anchor FM platform and you can donate anywhere from 99 cent to 9.99 one time or monthly donations and it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, you can find either one of us on any social media platform, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, uh, I can't even think of the rest of them, but uh, if you want to follow us, last thing but not least, we'll share it with someone that might need to hear this. Uh, this has been another episode of Fatherhood Fridays, and stay tuned, and we will be back next Friday. Same fatherhood time, same fatherhood channel. Take care. And here's a sneak peek into next week's Fatherhood Friday episode.
the same side, like the nutrition is kind of like the steering wheel to our car that steers our body in the direction that we want it to go. Um, and if we're, we're not on that steering wheel, we're going to crash. Right. And in the body's case, we're not going to get where we want to be. Absolutely, man, because, you know, I, I remember, you know, when I was in, you know, my 20s, man, I'm working out, I'm playing ball, I'm doing all of this. And then after I get done, I go get a cheeseburger and, and some fries. It's <laughs> like, don't even think twice about it, you know? Yeah. 